Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, show number 235 from Engage for Success. It's our first show of 2018, so I guess it's my job to wish everybody a happy new year. Um, here we go, um, embarking on another 12 months of fabulous radio show guests and interviews. And uh, I think today is really going to set the bar high, um, as I'm very pleased to have as our guest, Gordon Parks. Um, Gordon is HR Director at NIE Networks, or Northern Ireland Electricity Networks. And um, I'm very pleased to have him with us, because we're going to be talking about um, how NIE Networks went about winning the CIPD Award in 2017 for their employee engagement work. So it's a great story that that Gordon has to tell. Um, I'm host for today. I'm Jo Moffat, uh, MD and founder of Woodread. Um, And um, for the next half hour, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what Gordon's got to say. So welcome to the show, Gordon. Hi, Jo. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to all your listeners. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, you had a good Christmas? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, the weather yeah. was kind to us as a business over Christmas, although the, the start of the new year was a very different story. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I know. I think you had, uh, it would be interesting to talk about that. So you've had some um, horrendous storms that sort of hit, hit Northern Ireland and then we had kind of hit across the sort of northern part of the UK as well, didn't they? So what were the, what were the implications of that for you? Well, our business is basically the electricity network for Northern Ireland. We mm-hmm. own and run the electricity network, um, which is um, responsible for keeping 840,000 customers with the lights on. Our, our network is a very rural network. Um, it can stretch around the entire world, so it's a very long network, even though we're a small country. And mm-hmm. uh, this time last week, we had 29,000 customers off supply, so our employee engagement was tested to the limit just on the, the uh, eve of uh, New Year, we had to escalate our workforce on the basis that a storm was about to hit, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there, therefore we had to mobilise our entire workforce to ensure that all 29,000 customers were put back onto supply as, as quickly as possible. So that really tests your employee engagement at this time of the year. I bet it does. So really, a very, um, very topical and very appropriate then for us to be talking about that today. Um, so, so tell me then, you 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 provide the. Uh, the supply um, for the whole of Northern Ireland. Um, and how many employees do you have? We have currently 1,300 employees, and mm-hmm. we we basically own the network, and the network transports the electricity. So we don't supply it, and we don't generate it, but we transport it. Um, oh, the way electricity is structured across the, the uh, UK is you have generation, and then you have transmission and distribution, mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. have supply. So we're the transmission and distribution piece. The large steel towers and the, the, the wooden uh, pole network and all the substations, we, we own and run all of that and transport the electricity. So our job is for our guys to um, work across the network um, and make sure we build the network appropriately for all the renewable mm-hmm. energy that's happening, uh, repair mm-hmm. it once big storms happen, and make sure mm-hmm. we build for increased capacity for um, new investors that want to come into the marketplace. Okay, so, so 1,300 employees for, for 840,000 customers, that's, uh, that's quite a ratio, isn't it? So it's an, enormous, it's an enormously important job. Um, that you're, you and your uh, people do. 
Yes, and it's a very um, interesting point that you make because 25 years ago when we were privatised, we had 3,000 employees and it was a much more straightforward network then that didn't have renewable energy. Now we have a mm-hmm. much more complex network and we're running with 1,300 employees. And that whole process um, has meant that we've had to engage our employees. And you know, the, the, the concept that we've used is as people have left the organisation, we haven't replaced them. And we've used that as an opportunity for people who are with us to build new skills and competencies. And yeah. as a result of that, plus new technology, we now can run the network with, with less than half of the, the people we had 25 years ago, a much right. more complex network today. I, said, I was going to say, I mean, 25 years ago, um, if you could ever describe electricity as simple, it probably was a really very simple business model. It was it was in public ownership, of course, as you say, and um, it was it was generated with big power stations and shipped out to customers. Whereas now, I mean, the technology that has that has changed in recent years is is simply staggering, and I guess the pace of that change isn't isn't really slowing down any time soon. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, any one of us now can become a generator. We can uh, put a solar panel on our home. We can buy a wind turbine and we can ask them to seek a connection onto the network and and everything that goes with that, the complexity of it. So at a very simple level, electricity used to flow one way into our home. Now it flows Mm -hmm. back out onto the network and we were responsible for ensuring that that whole concept of connecting new customers happens smoothly. Right, right, absolutely. Yes, no, no, I can, I can imagine that. And I guess um, I was talking with, with a, a, on another show recently about the whole how, how business has changed so much from command and control to one where people need to be empowered and take responsibility and be, take ownership and be creative and innovative. And I guess that's very much what you must be seeing in your sector when you're talking about the importance of employee engagement demanding what you've demanded of your employees, enabling your people to respond to those kind of changes or those massive kind of challenges of storms on New Year, um, that's really where a command and control kind of organisation can't really flourish, can't really get the most out of its people. You have to find other ways to engage them, don't you? Absolutely. People need to be self-motivated. I mean, all of our people aren't based in one unit, in one location. They're geographically dispersed. They're responsible mm-hmm. for their own little patch, um, but they also have to ensure that if everything's okay in that patch, that where there are problems, that they can um, we use the, to use the term, be an agile workforce and move to the areas very quickly where we yeah. have the problems. So yeah. it has to be a, a self-directed, self-managed workforce to achieve that. I can only achieve that through very effective employee engagement mm-hmm. and and lit- quite literally in some respects agile workforce is climbing up and down um, poles metal poles and goodness only knows what other bits of infrastructure i guess but um anyway so so 25 years absolutely ago, and, and were- just yeah, sorry. So I was just going to say the other aspect of that is the agile workforce means that everybody has a day job and then um, what we call a war rule and the war is the storm for us. So when a storm arrives, the HR person becomes a call handler uh, and people have dual roles and, and, and roles that are very different and we, when we have what we call an escalation or a severe storm. So um, and everybody, it, 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 it's the best team building that any organization could go through. Lots of organizations spend a fortune to, um, to send people off on team building programs 
All we need is a good storm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that's excellent. So next time we know there's a big storm coming across, what you'll be doing, you'll be taking bookings from everyone who's listening to this show um, for them to send some of their teams over to you to, to be on the, you know, to learn from that experience by the sound of it. Okay. So, so 25 years ago, um, you were privatized. Um, and obviously since that time, um, and in, in particularly in recent years, you've been on a bit of a journey. Um, so what was it other than the fact that there was this changing business model that, that was the driving force for the changes that you as an organization have been um, undertaking? Throughout the 25-year period, we've had three different ownership formats. First of all, we were a FTSE 200 company. Then we mm-hmm. delisted and we, we, we became owned by a private equity company for three to four years. And then after that, in 2010, we were purchased by the Electricity Supply Board, which is the ESB, which is a Dublin-based parent company. And they've right. made it clear from the beginning, um, and since they bought us in 2010, that they were in for the long term and that they mm-hmm. were in to uh, invest in the organization and its people. And that Mm -hmm. in itself has helped us with the culture of a continuous change process where people within the organization have been used every year throughout the 25 years uh, regarding a model of doing more with less and a constant efficiency drive. But that constant efficiency drive, which was working and being effective, was, to put it bluntly, ripping the heart out of the organization. And our employee engagement surveys, which were being conducted externally for us, were throwing up scores around seven or eight years ago of 30%, 37%. And you know, we, were, we were saying to ourselves, how can we resolve this? And at that point mm-hmm. in time, all we were doing was reacting to the problem. We'd carry out a survey, set up a focus group, do a few actions and then survey again and find it wasn't getting any better. And right. so really what happened was we, we decided that we needed to take this very seriously and take a look at how we could embed something that would take us to a different stage and a different level. And around that time, I had been to the CIPD conference and, and heard some of the work that was going on um, through the, the Engage for Success model um, mm-hmm. and had begun to take a look at, you know, the, for example, the four enablers of engagement. And we began right. saying, right, how can we make put something permanent in place here and um, within mm-hmm. our organization? Um, and so rather than just having an, a focus group that, took a look at an employee survey and developed a few actions and then we do the next survey, we decided to put in place a strategic approach which meant we would embed something formally that would give this the the kudos within the workforce and the belief that we were taking this seriously because people up until that point felt another survey, we're not going to take anything seriously. So we depended less on the surveys and more on a process which involved establishing an employee engagement board. Mm-hmm. And okay. that board was designed to, to, to drive this process and to, to provide a, a concept that showed everybody we were taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. So it, wasn't, it was no longer, it's no longer about we will do a survey because that will demonstrate that we take our people seriously um, because clearly, really, what that was just doing was... was going through a, a bit of an exercise and ticking a few boxes, what you're actually almost now saying is you, you could almost argue, you couldn't you, that you don't need to do the survey because actually what you're doing is what you're, what you're setting out to do or what you've set out to do and achieve is you put in place something much more strategic, which in itself, because people can see that they, they are listened to, 
um, and are involved um, has has the effect that you're looking to to deliver. So tell tell us a little bit then about um, how you went about putting in place your employee engagement board, Gordon. Yeah, we we started to, to say to ourselves, let's let's ask the workforce. We had at that point in time 17 different business units geographically mm-hmm. dispersed, and we said we'd like you to take a look at your business unit and select for us people that will represent that business unit and elect your own chair. And then that Mm -hmm. chair will then attend an employee engagement board and will meet every month. So initially we met every month and you guys develop the agenda. So if there are issues locally that you need resolved, if there are issues across the company you feel need resolved, if there's something in the culture you don't like, let's derive the agenda from what's um, coming through these groups. So we set these groups up by allowing them to elect their own people, by letting Mm -hmm. them elect their own chairs. And then the structure was that each of those chairs attended the employee engagement board, which was chaired by myself. And Mm -hmm. within all of that, we took a look at our union forums and the union reps were equally dispersed across the groups, but they were not um, purely, these engagement processes were not purely for um, people who were within unions. They covered the entire company. But we wanted to make sure we had the unions on board with this. So it is an integrated process that sits alongside our existing negotiating processes that we have with the unions. So we established a a board that had a formality around it, a frequency of meeting and a set agenda. And the agenda came from our employees, not from management. Mm -hmm. Mm Okay. And it's interesting you should mention about the unions, actually. So, I mean, clearly it was a very unionized and still is a, imagine still is a unionized uh, organization and I think if we look back 25 years um, it was a very different dynamic going on wasn't there in terms of relationships between employers and trade unions Um, has that changed as as a result of this whole process it certainly have. It would be fair to say, I mean, I'm 17 years with this organization. When I, when I started for the first five years, a lot of my focus was industrial relations, employment relations, and a reactive mm-hmm. type of HR where one problem mm-hmm. after the other was arising, and then you were constantly firefighting and reacting, a lot mm-hmm. of um, people being dismissed for this, that, and the other, and I was spending a lot of time in employment tribunals. So it was all a very negative type of of um, HR, which was which was arising as a result of a very strong business model to drive performance. So the mm. whole um, concept of employee engagement was to turn all that on its head and say, there's got to be a much better way of doing this. We've got to listen to what our workforce are telling us. We've got to act on that and we've got to make it real and meaningful. It's the only way forward. So mm-hmm. that's basically what we, we began in earnest around 2012. Um, we'd been right. looking at it since 2010 and we'd been looking externally to try and look at what the, the best organizations out there were doing. And we mm-hmm. really took it very seriously in terms of structure and process and commitment um, and strategic ap- approach from around 2012. And we've been at it year on year since then. And our latest survey results, using the same organization right back from the beginning externally that has been giving us the external engagement index score based on the, the um, national benchmarking models, um, mm-hmm. we've now achieved an 81% score versus the 37% that we had back wow. seven years ago. So so our own journey has seen a dramatic improvement in our engagement index, and we're seeing that in our productivity with the organization now 40% more efficient than it was 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. So, right. So so the point you made, on, uh, that, that quote, uh, soundbite I got from you a little bit earlier at the beginning of the show where you talked about how 
you've been trying to do more with less for a considerable amount of time and it was ripping the heart out of the business. Actually, what you've been able to demonstrate with what you've been doing in recent years is that you can actually still deliver enormous improvements in productivity and and efficiency whilst at the same time putting the heart back into the business. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and using the skills that we have um, of our workforce beyond what they're paid to do in the normal day-to-day job. I mean, to give you an example mm-hmm. of that, as part of this engagement process, we've eight different action groups happening at the moment. And the action groups are derived from the agenda set by our employees. And one of them they've asked us to put in place is, and we need to do it anyway because it's all organizations are effectively looking at a digital strategy. But we have a digital mm-hmm. steering group. And a lot of the individuals in that they climb poles for their day job. But, you know, the skills that we've managed to find in our workforce where one of our, our key um, individuals working in a, in a day job as a, one of our frontline industrial staff, he mm-hmm. uh, is a, a virtual DJ and he manages the cloud and he's um, do, being a disc jockey in Australia at the weekends um, through a virtual cloud-based um, digital format. So we're using all of his skills to help us ensure we've got the frontline technology supporting all of our frontline staff so that when they're out doing a job and they find a fault, they can now use the latest technology to stream that information back to us. And we're not going through all these various hand, you know, um, handwritten processes that we've had for years. Mm-hmm. 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 Which, of course, which, yeah, absolutely. And given your, your people are actually out in the field, quite literally, um, you, you mm-hmm. have to embrace what the opportunities that digital give you, don't you? So, so, that that's that's really interesting, and you discover untapped un, un, untapped talent or un, talent you didn't even know existed, and apply that to to that particular digital agenda. Uh, what what other what other kinds of topics um, have the have the employees brought to the to the fore? Many. I mean, we, we, for example, facilities is a big, um, when you're in a cost-cutting regime, you don't spend money on your buildings. So we, mm-hmm. we've set up a facilities management steering group, which um, a lot of our employees are involved in providing input to. And it's, it's about finding the best way of ensuring we make the most and the best out of our facilities. Um, and it, it also includes that, in, includes not just the actual physical buildings, but where we let people work and the ability to work flexibly from home and ensuring we have mm-hmm. the technology that enables that. So facilities management is one big piece. There's a mm-hmm. Think Customer group where mm-hmm. a number of employees take a look at the customer's perspective and they, they um, sample what's happening out there in relation to various customer engagement um, surveys and then they bring back ideas on how we improve customer um, ap- approaches. There's an innovation right. forum where we, we take a look at what the latest ideas are that are coming through from our employees. Um, mm-hmm. And um, there's two other very important ones that are very employee-focused. One is a health and well-being forum, and the other is an employee benefits group. And one right. example, for example, is that employee benefits group totally uh, empowered to go and benchmark what our pension scheme looked like, for example, and provide a business mm-hmm. case and demonstrate a business case that could then be presented to our board. And a recent outcome of that employee benefits group is that they managed to achieve uh, and obtain an improvement in the pension scheme for all of our um, money purchase pension employees, people who um, are primarily with us for 15 years um, or less. And we looked at the the information that they provided and the business case was sound. And because the process itself is is demonstrating savings in so many areas, we were able to plow some of those savings back into the pension scheme for our employees so they can see a direct benefit. 
And that okay. benefits group will come up with all sorts of ideas. They come up with non-cash benefits and various mm-hmm. perk schemes that are around and availing of those. Things that the normal HR team and HR department, which is pretty small, would never get to. The employee yes. benefits group, self-motivated, getting out there and sourcing um, best value propositions for our employees. Fascinating. So, so they're, um, yeah, I mean, so, so, so tell me, in term, we've got 1,300 employees. And we've got employee engagement boards elected by those employees in, in different bits of the business, different units. And each one of those boards has its chairperson who meets um, centrally. Yeah. Um, so exactly. What sort of proportion then? I mean, obviously, the entire workforce can be involved in the sense that they can vote for their board representatives. But what, what sort of portion of the workforce are actively on these boards at, at any one time? Yes, that's a, a good question. It's, we, we look at a model of 15% of the workforce at any point in time, which is around 200 mm-hmm. employees. Um, okay. And we also ensure refreshing this process is key because it can get stagnant. So what we do is we rotate one third of the group every year. So um, one third will leave and two thirds remain. So you've got a combination of continuity plus fresh new blood coming in. And we right. use it as a development opportunity. So people are keen to get onto this process and be involved in it because the history is that people that have been involved in this through our employee development and our leadership development processes they have um, found that their experience in this process and the leadership skills that they've gained has meant that whenever it comes to selection processes for our next um, leadership trial, that a lot of the people involved in the process stand a very good chance of being successful because they've built up their network, they've built up their knowledge, they've built up their skills. So this mm-hmm. process has been become an integrated process. So it, it means that as a result of employee engagement being so strong, we've seen a strengthening of our employee development, our talent management, our leadership development processes, all now integrated and, and driven by employee engagement. Fascinating. So, I mean, it really is, it sounds like a bit of a cliche to say it's a win-win-win, but I mean, it really, really is, isn't it? Because you were describing how some of these things that the the boards are working on are actually saving the organisation money or improving improving efficiency. That's benefiting. That's been able to be fed back into improved benefit schemes and pensions offers, improved the um, people's professional development and learning opportunities and their career paths. Um, you know, it kind of really keeps on ticking the boxes, doesn't it, all the way around. Very and where it doesn't, and, and yeah, and where it doesn't tick the boxes, you know, we'll make the changes to make sure it does. For example, yeah. one of the things that we, we, just two years ago we were being criticised for is because we have a mobile workforce that's out on the ground, you have too many of your meetings are being held in offices. So we changed that. So the we go the meetings, a lot of these meetings happen out on location now, and we can mm-hmm. bring we go out to individuals and we bring the people together just before they'll start work in the morning or before they're about to stop work in the evening where they get the opportunity in quite a large group to come together and voice their views and their opinions and what we call an employee voice process, which is a part right. of the engagement board. And that was a yeah. reaction to the fact that, uh, you know, we, we needed to go to the workforce rather than have the workforce come to office-based meetings given mm-hmm. that we have a, a, an outdoor workforce. Of course. And tell me, if... Um as, as people have seen this begin to make a difference, I mean, when you obviously the, the first year that you put this in place and it was all new, um, I imagine there would probably be a degree of 
um, oh, I don't know, what's this going to look like? Does this really matter? Is it really going to make any difference? You know, a little bit of um, cynicism. Skepticism, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, skepticism yep. is probably a gentle way of describing it, yeah. Um, as things have progressed and the years have gone by and people have seen that things do actually make a difference, things can make a difference, and that, that those people who have been involved have it has benefited their careers, um, are you finding people are becoming more, com- there's more competition to get a seat on the board? There certainly is. Um, we, we have no, no shortage of volunteers when we mm-hmm. go out to look for the next round as to who's going to be involved. And the, the, the key issue is there are people that get so actively involved in it that um, when, when it comes their turn to step off, what we actually <laughs> do is you're, com- you're coming off the board, but what we'd like you to do is be involved in an action group. So, for example, one of our really effective um, employee um, engagement board members now chairs the employee benefits group and Mm -hmm. so that's the way we do we use the action groups to sort of keep people interested who have been the really um, successful and and the stars as employee chairs Um, and so it's a way to keep people involved yes excellent that's great so um yeah so you so you don't you don't ever sort of turn that talent away you redirect it to something new and yeah and and is the other other agendas and topics entirely um, created by the employees or is there input and direction from the organisation itself? They're almost entirely generated by the employees. There will be occasions when we want to, to use the whole process to um, reinvigorate the strategic narrative, if you like, or the strategic story mm-hmm. and say, look, here's where we've come from and here's where we want to go to. What do you think? So there will be times when we'll inject that in. But a lot of okay. times we're using other processes for that, team briefing processes and so on. And so therefore mm-hmm. we will brief out through other processes and then allow this process to sort of bring back to us um, the feedback and what people are really interested in in terms of what we're, where we're trying to take the organization next. Yes, got you. Okay. So, so you've gone really in the last few years from a from a sort of thirty seven percent engagement up to to eighty one, which is you know phenomenal increase. Um, you entered the the CIPD award and, and and won that, so congratulations on that. But I suppose the, the the question I have I have to finish with really is you know we talked at the beginning about you being on a journey. So are, are we there yet? No, it's a never-ending journey is the best way to describe it. Um, mm-hmm. When we use the analogy, it's like getting on a bus and the bus doesn't have a destination. We're going yeah. on a journey and we have to get on the bus. And we see HR as the driver of the bus in relation to facilitating the various things that need to happen and ensuring that the managers who are under pressure make sure that they provide the same commitment right across the business in a consistent way that we require to make the process successful. So it's a never-ending mm-hmm. journey. You never get there. Um, you never um, can can take it for granted because the minute you take it for granted, the next time you get an external survey which looks at how well or badly you're doing, you could find that your 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 score um, goes backwards. And that's what I like us to use the survey now is to keep us externally benchmarked and keep mm-hmm. us um, focused on what we need to do well. Mm. Yeah. So the survey is very much about showing you how you are doing rather than a demonstration in its own right of oh, look, here we are, we do listen to what you want to say and we care. Um, it's purely the means to measure and keep you guys on track and, and keep you focused. And, and do you imagine there are things that you're currently doing that you will think, actually, that's not worked quite as well as we would have liked, so we're going to change that? Or are there, are there new things bubbling along that you think you might try? 
very much so. The, the, the biggest area we need to do much better is the whole digital area in relation to how we communicate with our employees. And there's a mm-hmm. lot on the agenda for this year in terms of mm-hmm. making sure we get technology into the hands of all of our field-based staff and ensure right. that they have uh, access and training and development to, to make the most mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, so hence the need to have that action group for the digital then, or the digital steering group that you were talking about, I guess. Okay, and um, goodness, yeah. we've only got just over a minute left. I can't believe it's gone flying by. But if there was one thing, Gordon, that you'd like our listeners to take away, because obviously they're not going to be in the same sector necessarily as you, what one transferable learning would you like listeners to take away from what from your experiences in recent years? I think the key thing for us is the big difference came when we developed this, the employee engagement board and created this strategic approach, which mm-hmm. is embedded in the business and it's permanent. It's not a reaction to a survey. It's a permanent concept that is mm-hmm. a part of our culture and part of our way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very much, um, uh, yeah, as you say, it's sort of embedded in the way the organization works. And I think from, um, from what you were telling me before as well, it has a, a status about it that is respected across the organisation, isn't it? It's not just a, you're not just going through the motions. Exactly, um, and the key thing is that if it, the key concept is if something's not working, we change it, and mm. we've got that constant change dynamic there. Anything that doesn't work gets fixed and gets changed. Yes. Yes, excellent. Gordon, it's been fascinating. Um, I'm sorry I'm going to have to cut you short, but we literally run out of time. Um, thank you very much for joining us tonight and telling us of your success. And again, congratulations on, on the CITD award. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And um, we'll, we'll be back next week. So thank you, Gordon. Bye-bye, everybody. Many thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.